Come with us on a journey into the unknown, the unexplained, and the unbelievable. We will test your senses and challenge your beliefs. A world where science and religion clash. Or do they? You will meet real people and hear real stories, but you will not believe. You will witness strange sights and hear strange sounds, but you will not believe. This is the New England Ghost Project. Welcome to the Nightmare. Good evening, everyone, and welcome to the week after Halloween show. I am Ron Cole, your host, the gatekeeper of the realm of the unknown, the unexplained, and the unbelievable. Good evening, doing best at Sinclair. And with me, all the way from the East Bridgewater Triangle, is my co-host, the Blonde Bob Show, Ann Kerrigan. Well, hello, good evening. Oh, you always do it. So it's, professional. It's the show after Halloween week? Yeah. Halloween. Valentine's Day, Halloween. Valentine's Day. All right, okay. Jealousy. It's just a little... Some made-up holiday. A little psychological slip. No. I beg your pardon, Halloween's not made up. Sure it is. Is it? It's too, it's too, it's too. I I don't care if it is. I refuse to believe it. So. I know you. <laughs> but yes, it's the week after Valentine's Day show. Did everybody catch those fabulous and amazing three days of ghostly love? I uh, know that was that was amazing, wasn't it? They were amazing. We had such amazing ghostly love stories, and you know, if you missed it. You can listen to them all on a podcast. That's true. That's true. Right? Three so, days. That's right. Three days of Ron and Ann and Steve and Marla. Oh, my God. Mm-hmm. It's almost too much, too much to bear. Yeah. Anyway, right? I guess it is. <laughs> so, anyway, that was then and this is now. And yes. we're uh, attempting to get our guest on the line, but I, we're having a little bit of difficulty right now, but uh, we'll solve that problem because we have the best producer. That's right. In the world. We do. We Thanks, do. Roy. Ben, whoever it is. Hey, ben. He sounds like Roy to me. Or Katrina. Uh, anyway. Oh, Roy, yes. That's what I thought. So and I'm getting the, excited, I'm... you know, because uh, Spur Crust <laughs> is only... Eight months away. <laughs> no, no, it's less than that. Seven months. I don't Seven know. months? No, it's February, right? March, April, May, June, July, August. Oh, crap, September. Yeah, seven months. Yeah. It's, 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 you know, the weather's so warm, I'm all thrown off. I don't know. Yeah, wait till we get the snow tomorrow. Then you'll yeah, it'll right. snow tomorrow. Yeah. And, of course, those who don't know, <coughs> Spirit Quest in Search of, and... Uh, that is uh, September 28th, 29th, and 30th, and another amazing group, and we'll talk a little bit of more uh, next week, in fact, I believe. Oh, yeah. So, anyways, I, I believe uh, we now have our guest in the line, and she is someone that I've had the opportunity to work with a couple of times and, and have extremely fun time with her, and she is uh, psychic medium, Jane Doherty. Hi there. How are you? Good. Good to hear you. Oh, my goodness. Just move the dog out of the room. Oh, I thought that was your stomach growling. (laughs) That wasn't me. It was the dog. (laughs) (laughs) 
hasn't changed that much. <laughs> oh, no. No, no, no. So uh, we haven't spoken uh, with you for quite a while. And, uh, you know, you've you always amazed me anyways in all the years that I've known you. And I've known you for a few years, believe it or not. Mm -hmm. uh, and... Uh, you know, one thing you always did is you worked with the Crystal Skulls, which I thought was really, really cool. And you still work with those? Yes, I do. Definitely. And, they are and, you, dead. and you've been actually to, to Mexico, and was it Mexico that, that you went with the ceremony and everything? Yes. I uh, went to Mexico uh, a few times. And actually this last time, which was in 2013, I went to Mexico City, the uh, pyramids outside of Mexico City, at Teotihuacan, and my crystal skull was put inside where the archaeological dig was going on. Oh, wow. To kind of, you know, soak up those energies uh, in that particular uh, area, the Temple of the Jaguar, so that was quite an experience. I, I imagine, and, and being—I have to—I guess I have to ask you too, because being a, a psychic medium, I mean, there's got to be so much energy there. We, how was it? Uh, how was it for you? I mean, I, I don't. Can you kind of describe what it was like? Oh, at the at the pyramids. Oh, it was yes. It was an incredible feeling, and I've been to several uh, throughout Mexico, but I think this is my favorite because of the energy, and it's also a place where supposedly man became gods. And you could feel the difference in the energy compared to the others. There was no violence there, and it had such a um, energy of, of, of royalty kind of feeling, and it was so massive, and you just, you, your consciousness just expanded. I did things that I never thought that I could ever do in the sense, and I know it had to be with the energy. Apparently, while I was there, you're in hot weather, at walking, uh, unbelievable and unknown to me, my blood count had gone down to uh, under nine. My doctor does not know how I didn't pass out oh, with wow. everything I did. Wow. But I didn't feel a thing. And I know I had to be with the energy because I was just felt like I was in another world there. And I had the experience of um, being with a, the shaman who uh, oversees the, the uh, pyramids, and he took us to the part that was a, underneath the Temple of the Sun, and then also to a cave that nobody goes to. And we did a ceremony um, where we were initiated into the Toltec, um, clan and given not names, no Toltec names. So it was an experience. Neat. What What was your name? Do you remember your name? Jaguar. Oh, Jaguar. <laughs> that was my new name. <laughs> so love it. Um, but it was an incredible, incredible experience there. And how did the uh, the uh skull reacted did it there was there any change in skull itself or oh i think that the skull became clearer 
uh, you could feel the energy from it. Everybody can feel so much more as a result uh, of being there in the ceremony. And there was like a lot of um, synchronicity. Even the fact that we met up with this shaman was incredible. Mm -hmm. Uh, That just wouldn't happen. And there were like several of us, there was about ten of us. And on the bus trip there, I decided to play a sound healing CD. And I think it was so powerful that the driver missed the turn because he was listening to the sound healing. And as a result of him missing the turn, we were late to meet the archaeologist. However, that archaeologist wouldn't have let us in under the Temple of the Jaguar in the archaeological dig. So when we got there, we were talking to others that were actually men digging in there. And they allowed the skulls to go in where the archaeologists wouldn't have. So as a result of him missing that turn, that's how we got there. And then also, that's also how we got to meet the shaman because we got a different guide. And he saw that we had some crystal skulls. And he asked us if... He want, if we wanted to make contact with the shaman and have a special uh, type of tour there. Of course, we said yes. Uh-huh. And that wouldn't happen either. Right. <laughs> so. Oh, that's definitely synchronicity. That's that's was meant to be. Yes. Oh. Hopefully someday I'll get back there. And actually, the first time when I bought the skulls, which was in um, 1987, I was in Mexico City after I had purchased it along the way, and I heard about these ruins, and I wanted to go, so I took a taxi cab with a, another friend that was on the um, on this trip, and we got there, and the gates were just closing. We were too late, and I remember standing outside looking in through the gates, but 20-some-odd years later, I got to go. <laughs> oh, wow. That's excellent. So I was happy about that. <laughs> Can you, Jane, I, there's probably people who don't understand the, uh, the, the purpose or the function of the crystal skulls. What is it that the crystal skulls do? Well, supposedly they have um, energy to it, sacred energy that would expand the consciousness of people that are around it. That's one thing. Two, they supposedly have a connection to Atlantis. And my particular skulls, and there's maybe about 10 or 12 or more, there's maybe about 15 that we know of now, are the ones that are considered ancient, which means that they were found years ago, you know, in ancient times. Mm -hmm. So they're encoded with information that could be from the time of Atlantis that was encoded in them in order to survive the destruction. So there would be some kind of a record. And so there are opportunities for people to hold the skulls and meditate with them. And as a result, they will get messages for themselves or they start to uh, decode information. Yeah, there's, there's one theory that, uh, that, uh, that as the earth comes into a, a major crisis uh, nearing its end, uh, the 13 skulls will be brought together to... Uh, solve the the problem and enlighten mankind. It'll be changed after that. Uh, that's one of the uh, many yes. 
Uh, absolutely. And there is something else that came through me years ago when, because every now and then I'll, I'll channel, I'll do something different. I'll go into a trance and I'll allow a spirit to speak through me. And in one of those times, what was told to me that they're also connected to UFOs and that when there were enough people who had skulls or at least had knowledge of the skulls and weren't afraid, that would be the signal for the UFOs to come to Earth, knowing that there would be enough people at that point that wouldn't be afraid. Really? Wow. Yes. Mm-hmm. That's interesting. Notice anything? I mean, there's a whole push now for all the modern skulls, the, the ones that are newly carved, mm-hmm. and a lot of interest in it. So it's not just the ancient ones; all these others are being bought and carved, and it's it's still going on, and people are using them because they will help to develop psychic ability. Mm-hmm. And think of it, if you're going into a ghost investigation and you've started to work with one of your small skulls and you take it with you into an investigation, that's also going to help to expand your consciousness so that you might have more sensitivity to find spirit or know where spirit is uh-huh. in a place and, and even to communicate. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it's, it's intriguing that you say that because uh, in our new book, uh, Maureen and I book that's coming out in uh, the fall, uh, Ghost, More Ghost Chronicles, one of the investigations we discuss in that book is at Turtle Mound, which is an old stone site. And we use the skull uh, in uh, communicating in one of the chambers. And mm-hmm. uh, we had Dan uh, Parsons at that time had a uh, thermal imager that he was observing the, the entire uh, thing, and you can see the energy flow, and uh, it is a, it's it's it was really u- unique how it it worked. Uh, so I, I understand that totally. Yes, I mean if you would take it, let's say into a, a you know if you work with it and you take it into a dark room, uh, I think you'd probably start to see the energy around it coming out of it. Mm-hmm. If someone wanted to get a crystal skull, how would they go about doing that? There's tons of them out there. Um, good question. There are some people that sell them. I have a few left. They're, they're small because that's all you're going to be able to get now. Your big mm-hmm. ones are, um, God, some of them are now $3,000, $4,000, $5,000. Yeah, wow. I mean, they're, and they're modern. They're not... Ooh. Uh, ancient, so there are a lot of smaller ones, and I have ones that are like, I guess, two inches. I have a few of them left, and they're, I think I was selling them for like $60. Wow. Yeah. So, so. they're not exas- exactly easy to come by. <laughs> no, they're not. They're not. Even on the wholesale level that I get them, uh, they're difficult to find, but there's the one supplier. In fact, I just checked because my inventory is, is low and I'll be doing some expos. So I was checking to see if they had them in stock mm-hmm. so that I could uh, purchase a few more. Wow. Hmm. I believe they have some at Circles of Wisdom. I'm not sure, Ann, but I think they do. They might have some. They're hard to find. There's no question about it. It's yeah. difficult. And then what, of course, you not- do, uh, owning an, an ancient skull, you would activate... 
the smaller skulls. When people purchase them, you just activate it with your ancient skulls so that we call it downloading. We can take the skull and download the information of my skull or somebody else's ancient skull and put that into the newly carved skull so hmm. people can work with it for getting information out also. Now, I had the opportunity to meet uh, Pancho, which was one of the skulls, yes. uh, the ancient skulls, and uh, he was lost by his keeper, unfortunately, but uh, I was able to get some, uh, they have, uh, what they do is they, they take the skull and they, they um, soak the skull in, in uh, spring water, and then the, the spring water you can actually purchase uh, you know, it's like been, the skull is in there for quite a, a long time. I mean, you know, like a week or so. And uh, so I, I have I, some of that water. And what I did, and I, I got one of those little uh, crystal skull rock the, bo rock the bottles, the DNA okay. cells. Yeah, and uh, I, I put that water in that skull, and I have it on a special pedestal. And I'll tell you, there's some interesting things that, that happen around that skull. So <laughs> I can imagine. <laughs> wow. You made your own little crystal skull, Ron. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Vodka flavored. Yeah. So how do the crystal skulls, I mean, do you use them when you do readings? Yes, I do them. I use them always in, in my readings. I have two. You know, Maya is the clear crystal skull. She's about the size of um, a big softball. And then I have the smaller one that I call Alden, which is your rutilated quartz. It's it's more golden uh, because there's copper threads in it. So that's the one that I hold in my hand upside down. So when I'm doing a reading, I've got Maya in front of me, and my fingers will actually be in her eyes, in my left hand. And in my right hand, I'll be holding Alden upside down with my fingers in his eyes, but then my thumb will be going across the skull on the bottom, and it becomes like a dial for me. When I start to receive an image, then my finger with my eyes closed will start to move, and that seems to bring the image back so that I can get a clearer picture. So I always use it like a dial. Hmm. And the skulls also are a form of protection for me. Um, I don't ever get tired when I'm doing readings because the skull, oh. is, there's always energy there that works with right. me and, and keeps me going. In fact, I did something, I'm going to do it again tomorrow night. Last month, I did like 35 five-minute readings oh. at like psychic night at a, at a dinner, and I went from doing the future to uh, spirit communication, depending upon what a person, you know, wanted. And so I was there maybe five hours, and when I finished, I wasn't a bit tired. Oh, it was wow. amazing. And it's That's because the, sc wow. the skulls are with me. I don't, I don't feel any kind of a drain. Uh, and give, you, give you an idea. I, I, I talked to Roxy Monday on, on the morning show, and uh, she did readings uh, with another uh, woman, uh, at uh, this hall in Portsmouth, and they did it all night. And the energy was was I guess they were getting really good energy from some of these people. It was a lot of 
uh, people they were connecting with who had died of drug uh, use and uh-huh. a lot of a lot of dark stuff. Anyways, mm. and and they both actually got physically ill after it was over. So oh, I could no. see where where uh, the crystal skulls are, you know, giving you that protection and and uh, almost energizing you uh, to to uh, not drain your own energy, but to to work with that energy. Exactly, because I would, you know, I would have them in seances with me when I'm doing that, or I've always taken them with me when I've done a ghost investigation. You know, they were usually like in a in a pouch that I would carry along. I never uh, was without them because they are that protection, and you won't get drained. Right. And that's important because it surrounds you with energy that is a uh, protection. So you're, it's almost like your consciousness would expand more. So nothing negative would be able to penetrate it. Right. Wow. Uh, I worked with Jane, oh, I can't even remember how long ago it was Jane, but we, we did some work together at the uh, Houghton Mansion in North Adams, and she did a seance there, and it was absolutely amazing, the stuff that was going on at that time, because it was so much energy, and the plush it was such a, a dark location that it was like oh uh yeah so it, it, it's 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 really intriguing though the more you look into it and the, and the the more you hear stories about people who uh take care of these guys and, and they're really not you know they're not considered at least what i understand they're not considered owners of the skull they're really considered right. caretakers caretakers yeah exactly so, we don't own them so how- how did you acquire your, your, the skulls, uh, Jane? It was in uh, 1987, and I had just separated from my husband. And as a um, gift, <laughs> put it to you that way, I went on a self-awareness cruise to the Mexican Riviera, and then I extended it into Mexico. So I was gone for about three weeks. I had no idea anything about skulls. And I went into a shop, it was in Cuernavodka, and I was looking for something to take home with me as souvenirs, mm-hmm. and saw nothing, and then I was drawn to a, a glass case. You know, it was just like, ooh, what's this? And I went right to it, and there were the two skulls, two jaguar statues, and a uh, Quetzalcoatl uh, feathered serpent carved out of stone in stone, and on the case it said artifacts. So I had to purchase them all because I just was so drawn to them that I had to have them. And, of course, you know, they didn't speak English, so I'm asking the gentleman who's wrapping them up, and I'm saying, where did they come from? And he's yelling, the ruins, the ruins. And he's pointing, uh, but I didn't know if there was any ruins in Corn of vodka or not. So, you know, I didn't pay attention. I didn't even know about ruins then. Right. And um, so I was all happy with them. And then it wasn't until I came home and uh, I, I had the book. I found the book at that point, the uh, Crystal Skull book, the first one written. Um, and is that the, is the one by Christopher Martin? Or a a, a Christopher Martin wrote a book on the Crystal Skulls. I don't know if that was the, the one you were No, it about. was, um, oh, God, it was with uh, Stephen Mailer, uh, Joshua okay. Sapiro. I'm trying to think of the other person's name. Okay. Oh, 
Yeah, the main guy. God, how could I forget him? I can't. Um, Nasserino, Nick Nasserino. All right. Yeah. He was so the. the uh, he was the first one. Mm-hmm. Okay, now and I so I got that book, maybe about two years after I purchased the skulls, and I started reading about them, and I started to play around with them, but got frightened, because the first thing I did, they were, and it, it, was, it was an exercise of putting your hands over it so that you're feeling the energy and just trying to activate it, and mm-hmm. I began to do that, and the skull actually just kept moving on my dresser. Oh. And once that happened, then I got frightened. I said, wait a minute, I don't know what I'm doing here. (laughs) And I decided that I would just wait yet before I worked more with it. Mm -hmm. And that's how I began, you know, with them. And then I began to know more about it, and I started to work more with it. I started to use it in my readings. And, you know, I've done some incredible things with it in the sense of, at that point, I had a psychic colon show, a local psychic colon show here. And I had, so one of the uh, people on the show, the, the son was uh, going to go for brain surgery. He had a tumor on his head, oh. his brain. So I said, just give me a call, and I'll send the energy of the skull, healing energy, before his surgery to this person. So she called, the son got on, and I just spent about 10 minutes um, sending energy to him and and seeing that everything was going to be okay. Uh, And then after his surgery, I got a call saying that they found that there was no cancer and that he actually recovered quicker than the doctors don't know how he could have recovered that quickly. Wow. So, you know, the skull has done some, you know, interest, the energy of it, I should say, not the skull itself, but the energy that works around it and the energy of the actual crystal, I'm sure, is like a uh, rocket booster. Right. So we're going to let you recharge your your energy now because we have to take a break. Uh, okay. You're listening to Ghost Chronicles Next Generation right here on Tojinet and Pararex with Ann Kerrigan and Rod Kolick and our very special guest, Jane Doherty. We'll be right back after the following messages. My name is Harry Price. I am speaking to you via the medium of the Ghost Box. Many of you will know I carried out the first live radio broadcast from Haunted House way back in 1936 for the BBC. Now, thanks to the wonders of modern technology, I am still able to keep abreast of 21st century ghost hunting by listening to Ghost Chronicles International on Togginet, Para-X Radio, The Ghost Channel, and even on something called a podcast. Two splendid chaps host it. One is an American who calls himself New England's own Van Helsing, although I have discovered his real name is Ron Kolek. The other is Stephen Parsons, and he's a paranormal scientist. One mustache, I'm required elsewhere on something called a K2. But don't forget, I'll be listening in every Tuesday from 8 o'clock in Great Britain and 3 o'clock on the American Eastern Seaboard. I trust you will join me there. Feel 
feel the need to do some soul searching or make some changes in your life to create a more positive future? Then Circles of Wisdom is just the place for you. Circles of Wisdom is a metaphysical bookstore and more, located on Route 28 in downtown Andover, Massachusetts. We carry a large selection of books and music, crystals and gemstones, jewelry and gifts, sage, aromatherapy, and so much more, all in a relaxing and welcoming atmosphere. We offer classes on a variety of topics like yoga, Reiki, psychic development, alternative healing, and personal transformation. For guidance on this journey we call life, get a reading from one of our many readers at Circles of Wisdom, 90 Main Street in downtown Andover, right next to Bertucci's. Call us at 978-474-8010 or check us out on the web at www.circlesofwisdom.com. Lots to see and do in a feel-good place, an oasis in this hectic world. Welcome back to Ghost Chronicles Next Generation with Ron and Anne and our special guest this evening, Jane Doherty. I love that music. <laughs> I just sit here and rock and roll to it, it's you know. It's the theme mm-hmm. of Van Helsinko, can I tell you? Mm-hmm. Jane, yeah. you are still with us, aren't you? Jane? Yes, I'm here. I'm here. <laughs> Okay. So, Jane, if someone wanted to uh, find out more about you, how could they do that? I have a website, which is under my name, Jane Doherty, D-O-H-E-R-T-Y, dot com. And I'm also on Facebook. I have two two sites. One is Psychic Medium Jane Doherty, and the other one is just Jane Doherty. So you'd be able to find me that way, too, or message me. Okay. What? Yeah. Oh no! I said awesome. Yeah. Oh, I have that on a I have that on a Facebook page. You're that link best. as well. Yeah, awesome. the best. I know. Yeah. Anyway, so <laughs> we did have a question in the chat room. They wanted to know how we met you, and I I can't even remember. It's been so long, Jane. Do you remember the, how I met you? Right. Yes. Yes, you it was at the, the Ghost World Conference in uh, Gettysburg, Pennsylvania. Oh, yes, Ghost World. That's right. That's an book that's coming up, which is funny. It was in 2007. Wow. Yeah, that was, uh, wow, that was a long time ago. Yeah, it was. (laughs) Holy bingo. Yeah, it's fantastic. And, and Ann, do you remember the first time you met Jane? I first met Jane at Spirit Quest a few years ago. Oh, yeah. um, the first ones, I believe, right? Mm-hmm. I'm not sure. Yeah, I think that was one of the first ones. Yeah, it was four or five, at least five years ago, I think. Yeah, uh, this I is a this yeah. is a sixth or seventh year, I forget. I forget yeah. now. I think six years. I, I think know. it was the first one that I participated in. Okay. But that wow. one. <laughs> yeah, that was that was so long. Yeah. Anyway, so uh, that's how we met. Uh, Join. Join asked the question from the chat room. Anyway, uh, Jane, what have you been up to since the last time I talked talked with you? Wow, okay, what have I been up to? Um, Well, doing a lot of the readings and the seances, and I've done some ghost investigations. I'm beginning, I I just was interviewed, and I'm going to be in a um, book on the best, uh, the top uh, 
international psychics that's going to come out in September. Nice. And I'm actually doing a quote on someone's book to be on the jacket, the cover jacket. And I've begun to write my own, another one. Um, I'm starting to do YouTube, starting a channel. It should be up soon. We've got a few, you know, that are done, and my son's just finishing the, the graphic part of it. And then I'm starting to do a once-a-month live on Facebook. Oh, cool. Yeah. Oh, you're busy. Busy, busy. Yeah, so there are, there's different teaching courses. I'm working on a whole, a whole school for psychic development because I have probably about 45 hours of material over the years. Oh, God bless you. So now I'm putting it together and trying to create uh, a whole school with it mm-hmm. and take people from the beginning, you know, right up to becoming professional. But it would be a, you know, a lot of hours. And ultimately, yeah. I hope to get that online. Mm-hmm. Um, nice. You know, I still have some producers interested in trying to get a TV show again. So we'll right. see what happens. At least uh, the, it, there's still a, an iron in that fire. Right. <laughs> Long before the ghost adventure, I mean, ghost hunters, there was Jane Doherty, Dead Tenants, uh, which you can still see now and then. Uh, I remember the last time I spoke with you, they were playing it in Europe all over again. Right. So, mm-hmm. uh, yeah, and uh, yeah, uh, that's that's where I think I first saw you, Jane, was on that Dead Tenants. It's uh, kind of uh, interesting. Every now and then I'll get a message on Facebook uh, saying you know, they're seeing me in a particular country that they live in I know, and then yeah, becoming um, yeah. you know, a fan on my Facebook. So that's how I know where it's playing. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. and uh, the ghost thing was always intriguing because, you know, that's what I'm interested in. And you've done quite a few investigations, haven't you? Yes. Well, which one did you, I know it's difficult, but it, what, which one stands out the, the most for you? Uh, well, naturally, the one that I did that stands out the most would be the Lizzie Borden house. And oh. then there was a, there is a, uh, personal one that I did that involved an autistic child, which is absolutely fascinating. And then uh, most recently, I, I participated in the uh, ghost hunt, the first world, the largest world ghost hunt, and it was oh, cool. the EVP session that uh, was absolutely fascinating and information from that. Mm-hmm. So you And could, where did that... Yeah, go ahead. That was that happened in a in Rittenhouse in in uh, New Jersey. Oh. Um, that one, the EVP session, I found to be fascinating because one of the things that we we asked and got a response to was how do you view us here? In other words, how does the other side view us here? Oh, and clear as day. The words came out dead. Dead. And I found that, yes, I found that to be very interesting because from all my work in the spirit world through ghost investigations and seances, um, there's, there's life on the other side. So that only confirmed for me the fact that after a while people can't feel the spirits anymore around them, their loved ones, because 
life goes on there. They're in a whole new life. And so they could possibly view us as dead hmm. because they're no longer part of this world. So yeah, I found I that to be very, very fascinating. It's really interesting, right? I, yes. I remember one case that we did that was actually the house was haunted by... The what? Two, yes. There was one uh, uh, ghost investigation we did where the house was actually haunted by two sets of entities, one upstairs and one downstairs, and the, and the ones upstairs wouldn't go downstairs because there were ghosts there. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. That's you know, so that, that's an interesting um, word. And I've pondered on it a bit, and I know I'll do some more, you know, thinking about that, because that fascinated me. Um, this other one with an autistic child, what happened is the mother would go out the door, and the son would get this incredible kind of energy, rip apart cords that the telephone company said a Mack truck would have had to run over it. Oh. There's no way, no way anybody human could do it. So she contacted me, and, of course, what she was being told, that it could be a demon. Now, there's no way in hell I wanted to go into a house that had demons because of the physical reaction I have to spirits. It, it actually goes into my body and expands my stomach. So I contacted someone that I knew was a demonologist. So I went, okay, good, now I don't have to do it. Well, that's not what happened. The mother wanted me there, too. So I had to go. But what was interesting is they thought, everybody thought it was going to be a demon. And, and he was a normally a, a good autistic child. He was in a lot of activities, loved swimming. He was a lot of good things that, that he did. And he wouldn't do any of those activities anymore. So when I went into the house and did the investigation, of course, I rely on my stomach. And as I passed this wall that had all kinds of African masks on it, my stomach would react. Oh. And yeah, so, but these were not old masks. They were newly created masks. So I went again walking, and I was able to isolate it to one particular mask. We took that off the wall, and, you know, we did like a cleansing on him, and I talked to him a little bit, and he was fine. He went, there was never an incident again, and he resumed all his normal activities. And what was interesting that you don't think oh. of, because you think of old Old uh, articles or artifacts would have a spirit attached to it, but this was new. But when you think of African masks or other type of masks, they wore them for certain reasons. Mm -hmm. So it may be that this particular design was to attract spirits. And even though it was newly carved, that's what it was doing. And that's exactly about where he would be when his mother... We just went outside the door, and that seemed to be where all the activity would go on, mm. right on the other on the other side of the door. Now, we, you mentioned your stomach a couple of times, and for those who don't know you, could you expound upon that a little bit so that that um, my reaction? Yes. Yeah, yeah. Um, the way I have a physical reaction to spirit energy, so in some ways I would be considered a little bit of a, a physical medium. There's a reaction where 
a spirit transforms me in some way or transfigures me. And what it does is my stomach will expand anywhere from two and a half inches to five inches. And it is very visible when you see me in person, you know, on a tour or an investigation. And this has been going on since, oh, God, it's been going on since around 19, um, actually, right after I got the skulls. Wasn't too long after, about six months later, when I did my first scientific ghost investigation with an investigator in 19, it was 1988 now, it was in the spring of 1988. And it's been that way ever since, that's how I do my ghost investigations in, in seances. My stomach will also expand if spirit is around a person. Uh, in my seances, sometimes spirit directs me to hug the person because in hugging that person, uh, they're hugging their spirit loved one. It's because of my stomach being out. A little awkward, but it happens. Mm-hmm. And what it's you... also done things where I've gone in an investigation and my stomach will not react in a room that has no spirit in it. So it's done oh. both. And it has been measured by the Philadelphia Inquirer, and it was uh, also measured uh, when I did the TV show. We, we, would, we would do it every time. What was your reaction the first time that happened? I mean, did you think there was something wrong with you? Were you sick? I mean, I think I would have been like, oh, I have to go to the hospital. (laughs) No, because I was doing an investigation, and the way we did it back then is you didn't tell the psychic anything. And I wasn't told where I was going until 10 minutes before I had to leave. They'd give me the address. And then you get there, and the investigator has... A white paper that has the um, drawing of each room in the house, and he has marked off where the family has experienced spirit activity. So then, when he goes along with me, he'll have a new sheet with the same drawing to determine where I'm saying spirit is. And when I went to one of the first areas, my stomach you know, expanded, I yelped, and I looked at them for an explanation, and of course, they're, they're told they can't react to anything I do. So I went, okay, let me go into the next room, the same thing happened. Finally, I realized it was spirit. When I went into the one room, my stomach expanded, and I felt the cold breeze around me, and that was a room where the spirit had actually written on the wall. So when the, the investigation was over, they put the map of every place I had determined there was spirit, and it exactly matched eight of the nine areas that the family had reported spirit activity in. Wow. And it's been that way ever since. Like, you know, when I, you know, that's what happens, and it won't, you know, it won't react if there's no spirit there. Hmm. That is- so I relied on yeah. my stomach. It's sort of like a, some will call it a ghost Geiger counter type of thing. <laughs> That's a good way to put it. Yeah. And, so it's, and uh, you know, when I do the ghost tours, um, people have felt my stomach. I've had medical doctors on the tour to examine me yeah. when uh, the stomach is out. <laughs> and uh, they cannot give any kind of uh, physical explanation for it. 
I, I remember at the Hooten Mansion, Maureen's husband actually uh, touched the stomach because, yeah, it was because he's like a huge skeptic. And uh, yeah, that was interesting. <laughs> and I always like to, when I do the ghost tours, I always like to pick on the, the, the skeptic because mm-hmm. it's always fun to see their reaction. <laughs> They're left a little puzzled at that point. <laughs> oh, my God. So we have a question from the chat room, and Ghost Girl wanted to know. Have you ever faced an evil entity? Um, have I ever faced an evil entity? You almost touched the I don't think I've faced something that is really, really e- well. I shouldn't say that. There was a there was an experience I had in Pennsylvania years ago where there was evil present, and I could feel it, and there was a lot of bad things that was done in that house to this family that you would consider to be evil. Uh, People were choked. There was, uh, the stove would go on and and nobody was there. Somebody would be putting the stove on. So there was a lot of negative energy and what I considered and deemed at the end to be evil. And then I, I did something to try to remove it. Mm-hmm. And I know one of the things I made the family do is to afterwards to play classical music. Oh, really? Yes, because then that would help to um, change the vibrations of the house mm-hmm. and raise the vibrations so the dark spirit wouldn't come back. And I, you know, I told them to do it for probably a month, mm-hmm. and that would change the energy and it won't come back. And it, it didn't. It remained a lot of your friends, too. It's probably not something a lot of people would suggest or know. Right. But music can really, right away, take care of the uh, negative energy. Right. Wow. Along with laughter, too. Laughter and mm-hmm. singing. Anything that raises the vibrations. I definitely, I definitely agree with them. I play music all the time mm-hmm. at home. You know, I just... I just always have this need. Do you sing? Yeah, sometimes. It depends. You're a good, you're a good singer. You get lame as a lucky. <laughs> <laughs> I try. I try. But I feel like, uh, I do feel like music always just, it relaxes me. It it evens out the mood. It it, it, it And it brings your energy up. Definitely agree with that. Yep. And if you know music, which I, I, I didn't realize this, but I had my CD, when I did my book, uh, a CD made of meditative music that was originally made for my book by this musician. And I had no idea that when he said he used all of the angelic realm, the chords of, of that, and I didn't know what he was talking about. And then I found out that there are high, high chords and low chords. So you can actually use chords and vibrations that are are in the angelic realm. No kidding. Yes. I never knew that either. Yeah. You know, you know, you know what's really weird is when I had my near-death experience, one of the uh, effects of it was that, uh, I guess effects of whatever things I witnessed was uh, where I was, there was, and I have no other way to describe it, it was angelic music. It was just that kind of music it just it was just 
you know, comforting, and it was very uh, uplifting, and and it was it was strange. It really was. Hmm. That's why I feel know that there is, a, and with, yeah. he was a keyboard. Well, he was a guitar player, but the keyboarder with him, they both played and chose the um, on the on the keyboard what notes to play in creating this music for me. Uh-huh. Hmm. When I that's how I feel like when I listen to like music that. Um, like music you hear when you're like getting a massage or Reiki or no, really, Ron. Like like meditative kind of. It just when I'm stressed, that's what I put on. Like I have a I have a Reiki channel on my on my uh, panel. Really, they have yes, one? yes. A Reiki channel. They have a Reiki channel, and wow. I will just put on that music, and it just immediately calms me down. And just kind of, it evens, like, it evens, it evens me out. It evens out. Throughout the world. Yeah, I know, right? Everywhere. (laughs) But I, I I understand that. I, I totally understand that feeling. No, it it does make sense. There's also someone, he's deceased now. I don't know if you ever heard of his name, Scott Rogo. He was a big researcher in the um, psychic world. Right. I mean, years ago in the, in the mid 80s. And when I was president of the Jersey Society of Parapsychology, he came and spoke at our conference. He was from California. Unfortunately, he was killed about nine months later. They never found who killed him. But he's written many books in research. And I don't know the name of this book, but I know one of them where he did research with Canadians and wrote this book where certain music they found and certain chords in music will actually open up psychic ability. Hmm. Now, wow. e- even even the uh, the early spiritualists, when they, they had their gatherings, they would play uh, music, sometimes described so loud that you would have a headache by the time you left uh, to raise the vibrations and... and and uh, so uh, music does is a lot associated, and colors too. A lot of people don't realize that, but colors are also uh, affects uh, psychic ability and uh, uh, spirit activity. Mm-hmm. So I think the color. I mean, I read it years ago. I don't know. I never really tested it, but I think mm-hmm. the color blue. Like if a medium wore uh, the color blue, mm-hmm. it can attract spirits quicker. Right. right. Just like you were saying about uh, how just you were talking earlier about uh, something. Oh, yeah, the, the mask, how it attracted a certain design uh, mm-hmm. affect spirits and stuff. So it, it's all intriguing stuff. That's that's why I love doing this. It's, you know, there's so much to learn and so much to try to understand. And each piece of the puzzle, the more you learn, then it seems to add something else to what you know, and then that makes sense, and it just goes further and further, which is wonderful. Mm-hmm. Now, have you ever uh, have you ever connected with someone that you knew that was deceased? In other words, that was uh, uh, you know somehow connected to you. To me? Yes, to you personally. Um. Yes, in a seance, mm-hmm. um, not too long ago, I, a very dear friend of mine from California died suddenly, 
and I was doing a seance about two weeks later, and he always told me that when he died, he was going to come behind the curtain and rattle the chains. So I knew he was there. <laughs> oh, you know, and he used to say that to me. So I was doing the seance actually here at my house. And, um, oh, my God, we all went running because we heard in the next room chains rattling. So we, I knew it was him because we, there was nothing down here. And he used to say, you know, that he uh, would do that. And, yes, he did. I find that I have a lot of dreams. I go through periods where I'm in the spirit world almost every night dreaming uh, I'm the deceased. Uh, so periodically I go through that. And there is one famous person. Oh, God, the name is going to escape me. Oh, I can't think of the like name. You sound like me now. <laughs> yeah, it, you know, and it was not somebody that I really knew, but mm -hmm. he was a very famous musician. He was a, um, a black musician, and um, there was some speculation, you know, that you know he died of an he, that he died of an overdose. Mm -hmm. Oh, he was very famous at the time. Maybe the name will come to me. But anyway, in that dream that I had. I was on the other side, and I was, like, coming back to, the, to, like, a bridge that would bring me back to Earth. And he was standing there, and uh, he got my attention. Mm -hmm. And he started to say that he had some fame when he was here on the Earth, and he told me his name, and then he told me that people thought that he took his life, but that's not what happened. Somebody actually uh, gave him the overdose. Oh, you know, and he mentioned the name, and he he told me his name, and um, I was astounded. And I went to my son and I said, "Do you know this this name?" And he says, "Of course I do. Why?" <laughs> so then I told him, and then I, uh, this is about twelve years ago or thirteen years ago, and I know I contacted. Somebody who knew him, like his former agent, things like that, gave him the information because I was so bothered by it because I didn't right. know who this man was. But yet, it's it's what he you know he told me, so he needed to give it to somebody. Wow. And I contacted him, and then he said, if he, if I get any more dreams, to please let him know. But it was just that one time. I hate to say this, Jane, but you're not going to believe it. The show is just about over. I know. I heard the ding. <laughs> yeah, that's the uh, doorbell, which means pizza from the dead. Here. That was that's the sign. A minute ago. Yeah. That's so, anyways, uh, we want to thank you so much for joining us today. We've we've been speaking with uh, Jane Darty, and uh, want to give out your website one more time, please. Yes, it's uh, under my name, Jane D O H E R T Y dot com, and you can. Always find me on the website, on Facebook, and the email address would be psychicjanedoherty at gmail.com. Well, thank you, Jane. It's, it's, uh, it was a pleasure, and uh, hopefully I get a chance to work with you again sometime. Yes, hopefully we will. Okay. It was great talking to you again. Yeah, you have a great night. You too. Bye-bye now. Take care. Bye-bye. Yeah, well, another show down the tubes, and it's time to wrap it up, and uh, another good show. Yes, very good. Very interesting. 
nice to talk to her. I always like Jane. I always like Jane. I always intrigued by the crystal skulls too. So there you go. So tune in next week uh, when we do a live show, right? Is yes, our week? live video broadcast from EB Cam. Yeah. Ghost, Go to uh, ghost, ghost planes, trains, and automobiles. That's right. So, till then, good night. God bless. Good night, everybody. Thanks for listening. Goalies to ghosties, long-leggedy beasties, and things that go bump in the night. Deliver us good law.